Hello and welcome back to another Mean Green podcast. This is episode 17 because I keep counting out. We are just coming off the Zach Babb episode last week. There were supposed to be two episodes, but life came up, man. Um, editing is quite the process and Milo and I do not have an editor. It is it is us editing this podcast. It's a two-man and show. It's a two-man show and a two-man crew. But except <laughs> there's no crew. It's just me and Milo. And so the other episode did not go out, but I will put it out. We got some good content in there. Um, that episode will be coming out at some point just on a content basis because we talked about things that aren't on a timely fashion. But just with the Bab episode being as long as it ended up being and, you know, working and school just didn't get around to putting that episode out. So we will have it up eventually but think of the bab episode is episode 16 this is episode 17 i'm reed smith with me milo mahaltzis how are you today my friend i'm doing great we are uh recording on a friday on a friday afternoon as opposed to a wednesday afternoon so always good to make it to friday um you know i think the skies here are looking a little bit clearer i know we've had uh had some rainy weather here in, in SoCal, and yep. I know across the country, everybody's been dealing with a lot of rain, especially in Denton. Yep. That what that weather at this time of the year is it's really rough. Yeah, yeah, Denton is like the new Washington, dude. The new Seattle. It's crazy, dude. Climate change <laughs> has done a number on Denton because it will be like fifty-seven today, and then in probably three weeks, it's gonna freeze over and snow and. So. Yeah, it's terrible, and I feel so bad for you, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you sound real sorry for me. <laughs> <laughs> it is terrible, and I feel real bad for you. Oh, yeah, okay. but but we we had we had some rain for you know four days, and, and yeah, uh, yeah. I, it was I mean it was just funny because my my dad flew in from DFW um, to go catch the Rangers Kings game oh, yeah. uh, with me, and I joked and jokingly said he brought the rain with him because you know <laughs> the, the day he flew in is the day it started to pour. And it poured the uh, whole time he was there. So unfortunately, he did not get a taste of SoCal weather. But that's okay because it's here now. The rain man. He brought the rain with him. He made it rain. Um, yeah. I I remember you telling me that you were going to that game. How was that? I mean, I know y'all took that L, but yeah, it was unfortunate because um, every game that I've been to over the past three years, four years. It's really only like three games, but uh, every game I've been to, it's been a dub, but unfortunately um, they took an L and yeah, outside so of that record has fallen to two yeah. and one. Yeah. I think it's like two and one, three and one something, but the only, the only opponent that I've ever seen the Rangers play is Dallas. So, cause you know, that's where I lived. So they typically beat, they had a phenomenal record in Dallas, but that's yeah. side of the point. Aside from, you know, records aside, the, the game results, um, man, the Staples Center, now called Crypto.com Arena, <laughs> is a hell of a venue. It yeah. was an amazing experience. Um, light years better than the American Airlines Center. American Airlines Center is still, still great game presentation, but uh, it really wowed me just being there in an arena where legends like Shaq, Kobe, uh, you know, even Braun now, they've all played there. So, um, yeah, uh, I can't say that um, 
I was not envious of you. I, I am a Lakers fan. So yeah. while you were there, I was quite envious of you. I mean, I agree with you. Staples Center has always been such an iconic venue. I guess Crypto.com Arena Crypto.com. Has, always, <laughs> yeah. has always been such a like beautiful venue and somewhere that I would love to catch a game at someday. So glad you got beautiful. to experience that, man. Yeah. Glad you got to do that. Um, and do you know what's the best part about the Crypto.com Arena? What? The Clippers are finally getting their bum asses out of it. That's right. They're going to the Intuit Dome. I, I don't know, man. Did you see the picture of that of that dome on Twitter? I did not. Can I get Bro. a live reaction here? Yeah, Intuit yeah. Dome. Let me see. <laughs> the live Milo reaction. Let's see. So they there, finished there. building it, or is uh, it? It's it's pretty much done. They're just doing the interior right now. Okay. I'll send. Oh it to wow. You. Yeah. This is it's, this this looks beautiful. Like, I'm it, sorry, no, well, I, I don't, I don't know. So they're doing this whole thing that they're calling the fan wall. And it's like a, like, I don't, how do I look? I'll find it and send it to you. Intuit Dome wall. So they're doing like a wall of fans. Yeah, there it is. And I don't know how I feel about it. It looks kind of weird. So let me find. Hmm. I feel like yeah, a it damn oasis. Like, okay, so it looks like it follows similar suit with sofi you remember how yeah. sofi kind of has that giant ring around it yeah um, this is it looks really cool and i can tell that it's going to be a rocking building because just based on the way it's built it's not so much wide it looks rather um looks rather i guess narrow and tall uh it's going to be really loud in there when it's sold out so it's more length and not much girth is what you're saying yeah, you know, and and it's all for, you know, different strokes for different folks, right? I mean, some people <laughs> prefer girth, some people prefer length, and yeah, I think in this I case, mean, the Clippers definitely prefer uh, girth. I've always been told it's not the size of the stadium, it's how it's used. So, hmm. yeah. Absolutely. That is a very <laughs> good point. There you go. We are talking about the Intuit Dome. Everybody. Of course, yeah. The Everyone Intuit who Dome. maybe didn't hear that, we're talking about the Intuit Dome. Nothing else. Come on now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyways. Well, yeah. I don't know, man. It's been it's been quite the week. School is once again. I am once again requesting to graduate. So uh, you're you're hitting that crunch time, uh, but you're really dude. feeling that pre-senioritis. Oh, it's senioritis, dude. I have yeah. like five more, I think three to actually like three to four more classes after this semester. So you're almost there. I know. Almost and it's like, it's like, yeah, I just want to be done at this point. I want to finish. Yeah. I'm just, just wait until you wait until you get past those. Like, cause you're, you're taking the really tough journalism classes right now. The 44, 44, 10 or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah. The, um, eight hour yeah. one once you get past those two then you hit the really boring ones and you're just like please let me be done I'm just you know i think you already did the you already yeah. did the reporting for uh or the media law media law and then reporting yeah, for I public did, affairs I did law and ethics. really boring so yeah i don't think i have to do that one in broadcast but um i know i did i i did you were broadcast i did broadcast yeah so yeah. um i had to do it i think everybody has to do it because i remember being in in a room with, uh, you know, ad and PR people that were doing content writing too. So, uh, yeah, it's a really boring class and the professor did not make it any better. So that's all I will say. Okay. So my professor, and I hope my professor doesn't listen to this. If you do, (laughs) I, I like you as a professor, but I have to tell this story. So he was talking about like 
he likes planes and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, I think his daughter's a flight attendant. So um, he was talking about, oh, yeah, I love doing that. Uh, I love planes and stuff. And I was like, oh, I really like planes lately as well. And so <laughs> I went up to him and I was like, because he mentioned like he reported a, a crash. And I'm, I went up and I'm like, hey, uh, Professor, are you talking about, you know, this flight? And he goes, oh, no, 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 the one before it. I'm like, oh, the one that only this many people died. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that one. And and I'm t- telling him, like, yeah, I've been, like, reading, you know, my obsession lately has kind of been just, like, reading different airplane reports and kind of reading about crashes and, you know, just everything aviation. It's it's really yeah. interesting to me right now. Yeah. This man looks at me in the eyeball and said, yeah, I used to know somebody who, uh, what's it called, who, when he was bored, he would just read, like, NTSB safety reports. He was a weirdo. And I'm like, that's mean. Did you just call me a weirdo? Like, what the, I was trying I mean, to relate to my professor, yeah. and he called me a weirdo. I don't know. It sounds like he was talking about someone who, yeah, more, who yeah. enjoys the technical part of it. But I think no. that's that's still no, a little just, a little slight jab that you know, I yeah, I, and I, I didn't really appreciate it. And it was right before it was that eight hour class, so it was right before lunch. And I'm like, that's and he was kind of being dismissive of me. I'm like, all right, man. I, throw a dog a bone i'm trying to relate yeah. to you pal <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know it was annoying yeah there there's my personal story of the week i'll get off my soapbox <laughs> yeah yeah if my professor is listening to this i'm not mad at you just apologize to me on on tuesday <laughs> right <laughs> all right well man it's time to read into it or rather, don't read into it if you feel also inclined to. Hmm. All right. Well, there's a dilemma in the women's college basketball world. No, it is not how much NIL money Reese, uh, Angel Reese gets. It is the Caitlin Clark, the best women's basketball player in college and honestly, probably in the world. Um, she was running off the court against Ohio State, right? They just got yeah. upset by OSU. He, she's running off the court and she gets shellacked by this <laughs> by this woman, this oh, this Buckeyes fan running onto the court. They make contact. Clark goes down and the woman just keeps on running because they they storm the court and yeah. they all the fans and the players all congregated in the center of the court and you know the woman did not look back she did look back saw it was caitlin clark and kept doing her thing while clark was on the ground now after the game caitlin clark was like yeah you know whatever this is dangerous they tried to hurt me but they can't get me haha like kind of saying like, (laughs) like it was intentional like implying that it was intentional I don't know how to feel on it, but I will say this. I do not think that the OSU fan hit her intentionally, but I can understand why Caitlin Clark would be upset by it. A lot of people are saying she embellished the contact. I don't <laughs> I don't think she really did. I think I mean if not to be mean, but if you look at the size of Caitlin Clark and then you look at the size of you know, the the woman that hit her. Was it a woman I mean, or a man? I thought it was a. I thought it was a guy that hit her. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs> okay. A, well, that tells a story there. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, it was a a woman, and she, mm. you know, was quite a bit larger than Caitlin Clark. Oh. And so Caitlin Clark went down. She said she had the breath knocked out of her, but it could have been a lot worse. And she was pretty adamant that it could have been a lot worse. But my thing, Milo, is that I just don't really think that it's a, as big of a deal as OSU fans are making it and as big of a deal as Caitlin Clark made it. I think that there's no intention. It's not like she was trying to, like, Nancy Kerrigan her. Like, no. I, do, do you get that I, reference? I don't, but uh, <laughs> yeah, if you want to explain it, you can. But all right, not, all right. Quick, I'll, I'll quickly explain it. Uh, Tanya Harding used to be a figure skater. Nancy Kerrigan was also a figure skater. Nancy Kerrigan was a better figure skater than Tanya Harding. <laughs> and so she hired, well, she didn't hire. She got her boyfriend to hit, hit Nancy Kerrigan in the leg with a metal bar. Okay. It makes sense. I mean, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but look, that's not what happened to Caitlin Clark. It wasn't no. a scenario like that. In my honest opinion, it was a scenario where, you know, your team wins a huge game. You as a fan storm the court. The adrenaline's pumping high. You've got one thing in your mind. Holy, <laughs> we just won the game. Yep. And you're just making a beeline to center court with your friends, uh, your family other fans and uh you're not paying attention of who's around you you're not paying attention yeah. of your surroundings like i said you just got one thing on your mind and she didn't even know that she hit caitlin clark i mean yeah. she turns around and she sees her on the ground or on the court and at that point it's like okay what are you gonna do run back to caitlin like this is caitlin clark you're talking about this is the, the best women's basketball player in the world possibly yeah. And uh, you probably will not be allowed back near her anyways, even yeah. if you're able to get to her. So at that point, what do you want her to do, right? She turns around, looks at her, and then keeps walking. I mean, that's probably what I would do too, honestly. Like, I would be – I don't know. I'd feel, I'd feel guilty for it, but deep down I'd be like, know. okay, there's no way that I could possibly go back to her, check up on her, make sure she's all right. Because I think, I think in the video she had people around her anyways checking up on her to begin with, right? Yeah. Um, I think at that point you're just, hey, some dumb fan ran into me while they're storming the court is what it is, right? They weren't paying attention. And, um, yeah, I think that's what happened. It was a, probably a clear accident, and I don't think there's any intention to to harm her there. I mean, you just beat her. Like, why would you do that, right? I will, I will say this. I will say this. I disagree with you on the part to where what are you going to do? I would have done the same thing if the woman looking back. I think yeah. she could have, like, not get closer because obviously when you've pissed off someone to run into them, you don't want to <laughs> yeah, get closer right. because that could be a volatile situation. But at least, like, stop and kind of look yeah, back. Yeah, you, you could have just said, hey, I'm sorry. You know, put your arms up be like, okay, I'm sorry. Mistake. Yeah. But, or at least yeah. make sure she's okay before you keep yeah. running. I don't know. I, I mean, guess. In my, in my opinion, it was just a kind of like what we're saying it was just an incident that was not like particularly one that should have been like as blown up as it was i mean yes it, it does talk about it say something about can fans storm the court without causing issues like that right. and that is the catch 22 of storming the court that you could end up ultimately hurting an athlete in that scrum 
Well, we've also seen that so many times in in football too, right? I know there's. I think about the one time where, uh, God, I don't even remember who it was. I think a fan storm stormed the field after beating USC, and and uh, Caleb Williams went viral for for something. I, do you know what I'm talking it, well, about? Well, Caleb Williams was... went viral for doing nothing because the fan was uh, talking to him and being yeah. pretty disrespectful. And but that's Williams still an instance. Walking. Yeah, that's still an instance of a high profile college athlete yeah. being you know, subjected to raging fans fans storming yeah. the field or the court yeah i mean i think more about um i think more about the the incident with alabama and tennessee where the alabama player just <laughs> hit, hit, hit yeah a, that, that's probably yeah that probably and makes I, a lot more sense. i'm sorry i'm sorry do i think he was justified no, could, should have kept his temper. Do I get oh, yeah. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If you have a bunch of dumb fans charging the court or the field in that instance, you don't know what they're going to do. They're yelling at you. They're talking to you quite a bit. What the hell you think you're going to do? You're going to be scared. You're, if you know, I would, you know, it's self-defense, yeah. but obviously he shouldn't have hit him. But like at the same time, yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I, I, it's a tough situation because you got a lot of security there. It's a risky decision to open up the gates and allow allow the fans to come pouring down, I guess, especially yeah. if you're in a venue that's sold out. Um, you know, it's just pandemonium and you got to get those athletes out of there as yep. as fast as possible in a, in a safe manner. For sure. Speaking of fans on the court, Milo. Speaking of fans storming the court, that's right. It was not. It was not storming the court. It wasn't let's a storm. Not, yeah, let's, let's okay. not. Yeah, 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 let's, yeah. Okay. No, let's, it wasn't a storm. It was rather a, a a rushed a, a rushed crowd. A, a, that was an invitation onto the court. <laughs> an invitation. So, UNT men's basketball did defeat SMU last night, sixty-eight, sixty-six. I was there. I was there. Um, you're gonna get that. You're gonna get a tattoo that I attended the January 25th Mean Green Men's Basketball against SMU. <laughs> no, I like that my girlfriend loves me, and I'll, I'll keep it that way by not getting that tattoo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna start rubbing the arm with the tattoo, you know? Just um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to do that at work next time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a deep cut man <laughs> yeah well uh you know tattoos a tattoo right some, some yeah, of them are for, for sure. good luck it's there forever unless you laser remove it which some people should not yeah not adding anybody but do you really want that on your body for the rest of the at rest of your life anyway <laughs> <laughs> we're off track uh especially for junior march madness anyway uh, in front of a Record 2,473 students. North Texas held on down the stretch against SMU. That was read directly from my gamer of the story, of the game, rather. Um, quite the game. They did break the student attendance record. Really good attendance overall. 7,200 were in attendance to watch that game. A lot of SMU fans are saying that that was UNT's Super Bowl, which... You know, it, you know, 
they're not i mean you're not wrong you i mean they're not, they're not they're not wrong, wrong but yeah. like like they, yeah yeah but that doesn't take away from how big the game was uh smu came in ranked number 32 in the net ranking uh unt was 75 shout out mean joe green who was there um but i think at the end of the day it was really good for the university to it was huge. Yeah, huge. to have that attendance at that game because it's just not something that happens at UNT very often. Ross Hodge was, you know, pretty honest about that after the game, really, which he's been a lot of. He told me because I asked him, you know, he was at the beginning of the press conference, his opening statement was like, Well, yeah, it was a great environment, man, great environment. And he was like talking about how the the fans should be there in that capacity more often. And my follow-up question was, okay, is that the expectation now? And he goes, well, if you can do it once. So I think he also, he also gave a great quote. He said, I think he said something along the lines of, I look forward to the day when people fill the pit for us and not yeah. the opponent that we're playing. Yeah. Miles I mean, that was that one out. That, that yeah, shout quote. out him. That was a really, really good quote, Steve, because that kind of summed it up. I mean, you know, you wouldn't, I don't know, tough to say if you would get that crowd out of, you know, any other team if it wasn't, you know, if it was just a regular conference game, right? Because we've seen those crowds come in for special, special games, right? You know, a, a game that maybe clinches okay. a playoff postseason yeah. spot, right? So, um, you know, it, it'll just be interesting to see how they carry this um, and what this means for the program. I think I think it means everything because this is a program where they've brought in crowds to this level several times before, but they've never been able to win in front of it. I think it's it's very rare that they win in front of a crowd that big. And to yeah, do they, it, they to usually do, it against do your the rival UNT. Too. Yeah, to, they do the UNT, but to do it against your rival, that was huge. And to say, I I guess, I mean. You and I both know UNT and SMU, it's not really much of a rivalry statistically. They're really only rivals because they're 45 minutes down the street from each other. But to say that you beat your rival in something is huge. Yep. And they're, they're going to be talking about this for, for years to come. I they remember, are. Yeah, I remember when I was at my uh, freshman orientation and they were touring the campus and we got to the president's building, uh, the Hurley Administration Building. I think that's what it's called. Um, and yeah, uh, but I remember the tour guide, the tour guide was talking about when UNT beat SMU in football and it was like two years prior to that. So yeah. this kind of stuff gets talked about for years to come, even if it, it does. you know, even if it on paper really didn't mean that much. Okay. It was just a rivalry game and it was just a regular season conference game. It still means a lot for this program. So it does. Kudos to UNT for for getting the job done in a nail biter. I mean, it's, you know, watching that game just going back and forth with each other, right? And yeah. to win to win off that fashion too, right? I mean, yeah. Um, they last second shot. If you're a Mean Green fan, you're thinking, okay, this is going in. This is the dagger because you know you've endured so much suffering against your rivals, against big schools, especially when you bring in a crowd and the shot missed the shot and they won the game. So they did. 
huge stuff. And that was an, that was another good quote from Ross Hodge um, that I asked him. You know, what was the difference tonight? Because very similar on the stat sheet, both defensively great on the night. And he said the difference is they made the they missed the last shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you get calling calling it like he saw it, calling it like it he was, because that right, was well, that was as even as it could get for sure. And because of the attendance that the 7200 best environment i've ever seen at unt ever yeah but that's, that's bold claim but I'll, no uh, it, I'll it, it was football's ever done football's mid no one shows up for it and then when they yep. do they get killed i mean i'm not yep. gonna let's let's that's, not sugarcoat it when they yeah. pack that place football loses its ability to play the game yeah um, they're so just, distracted looking up in the I'm crowds a, you're like wow the will, tail is actually yeah. filled <laughs> I'll keep it a buck fifty with you. I, as soon as I was on the field and I saw, like, holy moly, this is a good environment for the Cal game. I'm like, all right, will it be twenty point loss or thirty point loss? It was thirty points. So, yep, that's you know, sad. that's just it was thirty seven points if we're being exact. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But no, I mean, men's basketball continually proves that. When you got to get the job done in high pressure situations, they get it done. But I want to preface this question to you. Yeah. After the attendance of 7,239, eighth most in program history, shout out Bab, what is considered an abject failure next Wednesday against UAB? Like what number in attendance next Wednesday versus UAB at the Super Pit? Which one would make you go, well, that's disappointing. Um, I'd probably have to say you're coming off a huge win against SMU. It's a UAB. I mean, they're not they're not ranked or anything, right? If FAU was coming to Denton, I mean, you would expect a crowd of of similar metrics, similar measures. But I think probably anything below four thousand would probably be a disappointment at this point. I know it's, yeah. I don't know. Is it fair for me to say that they're not going to get 7,000 or even, I don't think they're going to get anything above 5,000 against UAB, even if they beat FAU. Memphis might be close. I think when you bring in a ranked Memphis and a potentially ranked FAU and FAU, this is an interesting little tidbit that could keyword could big asterisk like the Astros. It could be, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out John Fields. It could be for a conference title against FAU because FAU is the final yeah. game of the regular season. They come here, final yeah. final game of the regular season. That could be a huge game for seeding in, in the tournament. So I would expect that one to have comparable numbers to the SMU game. But I completely agree with you. I don't think that UAB is going to get get the numbers that, that this game got. I'll set the figure. I agree with you. Like I'll set it at like thirty five hundred. Like if it's below yeah. thirty five hundred, which is half of the crowd that they brought in, then it just tells you that you marketed this whole game, and the only reason people came was because of SMU. Because yes, right now they are absolutely correct. That was UNT Super Bowl. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. At the moment, it was their Super Bowl. But you know what? They came away with the win, and that fan base is um, that fan base is ecstatic, dude. They're that are buzzing. 
Yeah, they're they're buzzing. They're going crazy. And um, you know, I think when you talk about bringing in an opponent like UAB, yeah, it's you know, it 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 does that that game does not really mean anything aside from yeah. it should be another another dub in the win column, right? So I don't think you'll draw in that big of a crowd. I think you'll see a regression there, probably drop to, you know, 3,500, 4,000, but yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's mildly disappointing that they can't build momentum off of that game. But we will see. Maybe they'll shock us. I doubt it, but maybe they will. Um, huh. All right. Well, I do want to, before we move on from you and team in basketball, we do have to do the box score real quick. Um, Another big night for Jason Edwards. 22 points, 8 for 18 from the field. Little bit off from 3, 3 for 9, 3 for 4 from the free throw line. But man, it was the John Bugs show down the stretch. He was 4 for 4 from the field, 4 for 4 from 3-point range. Um, 12 points on the night for Bugs in his return from injury. Ruben also returned from injury. He played 20 minutes, had six points, was really good on defense. They missed him a lot. But the bad news, Milo, is that he was hobbled in the 11th minute of the contest. Ruben Jones hop-stepped underneath the rim and then came off limping or not putting pressure on the same leg he was injured for for the first four games of conference play. So that is not good and it will be something to look forward to uh as as unt heads into boca raton on sunday a fancy yeah if they don't have ruben against fau that will be a big deal because fau does not play around yeah i think it's a that's a huge loss for ruben i mean he's he's your leader and this is a guy that struggled with injuries a lot throughout his career Yep. Um, really since his freshman year. I remember when he missed out on March Madness uh, with that injury. And, uh, I mean, just unfortunate stuff to see him, you know, potentially miss time twice in one season. So Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously, I mean, just for the guy, not being biased, just for the guy, you, you don't want to see that. You absolutely yeah. hate to see that. Yeah. And I want to end off this segment for men's basketball at least saying this figure that they are nine and oh at home this season dating back to last season they are 17 and oh in their last 17 games at the super pit so great numbers hodge protects the house just like mccaslin did uh now they just got to work on their road numbers because they're uh, uh including neutral games um they are three and six less good, but yeah, that's rough, especially when you're going to the fraudulent, I mean, Florida Atlantic university gym, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the big gym, the big the middle big school gym. gym. Yeah. You yeah. know, I saw them, I saw them promoting the game on Twitter. They're like, come pack the, pack the gym or something along the lines of that. And they're like, <laughs> pack the guys gym. Don't, you guys, they're, they're like, you guys don't have enough room. Like, yes, what what is there to pack? Like, there's not enough seats. Bro, you're yeah. going to be packing your lunch because it looks like you're in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I also, as you know, I don't think they should be ranked. And this weekend might just prove it. So, yep. completely agree. 
Completely yeah. agree. UNT probably wouldn't be ranked if they beat um, FAU, but we'll see. Um, let's move on to women's basketball. Jason Burton, Desiree Colonel. I mean, what else can you say? We talked hell, about the main hell of a comeback there the other hell night. Hell of a comeback. Um, hell of a comeback against uh, you. I, uh, whoops, against Tulane. Beat them in overtime. They've perfected the art of the fourth quarter, really, because um, you know, down by quite a bit there, heading into the fourth quarter. Then they score twenty-one points to get back into it. Force That's overtime. Crazy. Outscore Tulane ten to three in OT to take the win. Babs' call was immaculate. Uh, I hope you're listening. Anybody who would love to hire a great broadcaster, Zach Bab <laughs> is your guy. Um, really huge game for for Desiree again. Nineteen points. Tamisha came up big again to eighteen points. And here's the big thing about UNT women's basketball: they have multiple scores uh, because you know. Colonel Lampkin, 1918. Deani Robinson, 17 points. So they have a big three. Three scoring options is not something a lot of teams can say. And the Mean Green can say it. I mean, what Jason Burton has been able to do in this short of a time, culture wise, has just been incredible. Uh, is is a, talking about this? Uh, it is Friday afternoon um they are 16 and 3 8 and 0 at home 6 and 3 away 6 and 1 in conference that 6 and 1 is good enough for first overall in the American Athletic Conference and really for the rest of the season they sit in the catbird seat to take that regular season title and that would be something that would mean a lot i mean didn't they finish dead last last season last season they finished dead last correct yeah, so last to first would be crazy. Burton's got to be a lock for coach of the year. Yeah, um, I think he's looking right. at one of those. One of those girls on the team has to be, you know, MVP of the year oh, at that sure. po- at that point. If they finish first, then one of them has to be a lock. But um, you know, I I think the contributions all across the board with this team is it's crazy. It's like we've pointed like we've pointed out. I think the past two episodes. And I mean, Bab even said it himself um, that there is nobody on that team that does not contribute, and that's yeah. what that's what instills that. That's how you know that there's a winning culture there is that everybody puts in effort, everybody puts in the work to scratch and crawl back into games that they are seemingly out of. I mean, yeah, um, you come back from 21 in the fourth quarter is, is a crazy comeback. Uh, and to do that consistently, right? Like it's not a fluke. Like they're doing it night after night. Um, they're not giving up, and I think that that's a good thing. Now, when it comes time to, you know, when it comes playoff time, and those games get increasingly more important, you would like to see the team not go down by so much that mm-hmm. early, right? You'd like to see them be competitive throughout all forty minutes of the game, um, but. Yeah, I, I mean, they still got time to work on that, right? To avoid digging themselves in a hole. For sure. Um, I think that it's just been it's just been quite a season overall. You know, no matter how the season ends at this point, they've won six straight. They're 16-3 and three right now. 
no matter how the season ends, it's an object improvement from everything that happened in the last decade of UNT women's basketball, really. Um, and, and that is something to say about Jason Burton. He knows the Lone Star Conference. And, you know, it's big. Yep. It's just yep. big for the program, and they deserve – it's huge, and it also yeah. it also kind of solidifies UNT as a basketball school. Oh, I know yeah. I know everybody was like UNT's a basketball school, but you know that's only half the men's is only half the battle, right? You've also got the women's. When you can say that both men's and women's are dominating their conferences, uh, yeah, you are indeed a basketball school. I mean, I personally think it's a softball school, but. <laughs> You know, you know, I think I think the basketball means a little bit more, though, right? Especially okay. In- don't don't sec softball. Uh, yeah, it just means more. No, it doesn't. Every every college sport means equally the same. When it when it comes to subjectively, object- the public yeah. cares more about basketball. Yeah, that's that's my point. When when it comes down to media recognition and and how the school is perceived athletically. Uh, usually it's you know football basketball and yeah, yeah. unfortunately yeah. that's the way it is but you know that that also kind of prevents schools from being known as underwater basket weaving specialists right underwater basket <laughs> weaving specialists I, I don't know right crazy like, <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine if all Jesus. sports were treated the same and I, this would never be possible. I mean, just mentally, like it's psychologically, it would never be possible. But imagine if, you know, all schools were treated the same and it's just, yeah, you know, the Texas Longhorns are really good at competitive swimming or the, um, the TCU Horned Frogs are really good at underwater basket weaving. And so you just look at them like they're a, they're a basket weaving school. Oh, and TCU is really good at a very specific sport. Uh, they're good at shooting. Oh, that's mm. uh, Indeed. Something to consider. (laughs) (laughs) You look back at your life and wonder what the best moments were. In your search, you find another Mean Green podcast. But yes, um, we'll move on from women's basketball. Uh, they've done an outstanding job. Shout out to them. As long as they give us a reason to talk about it, we will talk about it, especially in this age of our podcast, because after football, we've struggled to find some things to talk about that aren't basketball, but or speaking, basketball. speaking of football, I don't speaking know if we covered football. it. I don't, know, I don't know if we covered it. Did you see DeAndre Torrey sign with the oh, Toronto Argonauts? He, did. he signed with the Toronto Argonauts. And do you want to know something? That's the same team that gave destroying a chance at punting. That's right. Destroying. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so. So the now we can say we've seen a plethora of mean green alumni join the CFL. So we can now CFL say, better watch out. They're about to become the football flyers. UNT is CFLU. <laughs> the mean green, CFLU. the North Texas 
to Canada pipeline is strong. <laughs> it is very, very strong. For that move, for that move, Playa, we're gonna send you to Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. We're sending you to the Rough Riders, baby. The Montreal yeah. Alouettes. <laughs> have fun as a hamilton tiger cat buddy <laughs> get ready to learn french canadian bud i hope you like tim hortons <laughs> <laughs> oh man i just figured you know we, we haven't spoken about the gridiron in a while so yeah sure yeah let's get into the gridiron you know deandre tory very good player at UNT. He had a little bit of an XFL excursion. XFL isn't even called the XFL, XFL anymore, huh? isn't it? The UFL they, now because the, they merged. Yeah, yeah the XFL, XFL and, did something crazy. And the USFL merged together. Um, but DeAndre Toy did play for the Las Vegas Vipers. So I would say objectively that uh, the Toronto Argonauts are a. <laughs> <laughs> are a pretty big improvement from from being a a, a viper, um, a viper to an argonaut. <laughs> you're the viper to my argonaut. Um, also in CFL news, Katie Davis, the shark. Oh, he's heading to be teammates with Mason Fine. He's gonna be a rider. <laughs> he's gonna be a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. So are th- are there more <laughs> at this point? Are there more Mean Green alumni in the CFL than the NFL? Uh, I think it might be Ladarius Hamilton hasn't signed anywhere, has he? I don't think so. I haven't heard I his name since that either. PTO with the Dallas Cowboys. He is a free agent. Yeah. So Ladarius Hamilton. Uh, Jalen Darden, I, th- I believe he's on a practice squad somewhere. Yeah, he's he's with the Browns. So I guess it is just Jalen. Well, three three players in the NFL: uh, Jalen Darden, Jalen Guyton, and um, why am I blanking? Who's the um, third? Oh, what the running back? Oh, Jeff Jeff Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson you. Jr. Uh, so it is now even in the CFL in the NFL because the CFL now has. Tory Davis and Fine, while the NFL has Darden, Gatton, and um, Wilson. So, wow, you know, a big pipeline there. Big pipeline <laughs> between between UNT and playing in the CFL. Um, congrats to both uh, DeAndre and KD. Uh, KD deserves it. I'm not saying that DeAndre doesn't deserve it. They both deserve it, but. Katie Davis, he played the Frisco Bowl and tore his ACL immediately. Yeah, that was sad. I mean, this is this is a guy that he could have panned out in the NFL, maybe with a tryout. Yeah, um, at least would have just gotten on practice to see him go down. Yeah, yeah, he would have been an undrafted free agent um, yeah. had he not torn his ACL. I mean, CUSA Defensive Player of the Year in 2022. Um, all-time leader in tackles for UNT. A lot of people are like, well, he played so many more games than the previous holder. It's like, don't take away that. that <laughs> yeah. Award. KD was great, and yeah. he deserves all of his flowers. I'm glad he's getting a chance <laughs> with, <laughs> with, I can't even say it, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah. Um, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan. Fine, yeah. He did get uh, extended as well, so 
you'll be seeing more fine action with the riders. I think we should have a segment on here. The CFL corner. <laughs> your daily up your weekly updates on the mean ma- green players the, in the Canadian football league. The maple green. The maple green is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should do that. Yeah, maple green. Uh, we'll invite Justin Trudeau on here because I'm I'm sure he pays attention to which UNT players are in the CFL. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. He knows that they come sure. from Texas, and uh, he's got to keep an eye on Texans in his country, you know? Dude, very off topic, but every school in Texas should be playing that man up from Texas song. They should be playing what? that every <laughs> – you've never heard that song by – what's? I don't know what – I forgot what it is, Big X or something. Where he's oh, like, man, I'm from Texas. You've never heard that song? I might have heard it. It's you know that meme of like the huge guy in the Texas jersey running a route. No. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll show you after the show. Yeah, anyway, I'm shooting you in the foot right now. I'm sorry. Texas, yeah, you are. <laughs> Texas schools should play that always. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Let's move on from CFL to an actual league. Uh, not an actual league. I won't be mean. Uh, to a uh, higher football league, the NFL, uh, where you win the Lombardi, not the Grey Cup. Um, man, what a matchup this weekend between Lamar Jackson. He broke his ankles. And uh, he'll be getting a little Mahomey with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, and the whole Taylor Swift, Jason Kelsey, the whole gang's going to be there in Baltimore at M&T Bank Stadium. The Code Bowl, as me and Milo like to call it. It's the, the real-life Code, Code Bowl uh, between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, except this time in the Code Bowl, the winner gets a ticket to the Super Bowl. And it's quite the matchup, Milo. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it's, for uh, background, for context, the Code Bowl, it is deemed that because – both players in Madden, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, are quite literally cheat codes. I mean, they're insane in a video game, and they're insane in real life. So, yep. um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a really good matchup. Uh, you know, I don't know. Baltimore could potentially just blow them out of the water if they've been watching all these Lamar Jackson edits across social media and TikTok, Twitter. They're everywhere. Everybody I have never seen this many people behind one team. It seems like nobody wants the Chiefs to win. And it's funny because Patrick Mahomes is not even, I don't know, he's not really a hateable guy. No, right? I, I, I just, like him. I, I think he's a pretty likable, uh, amicable player uh, to well, be the new face of the NFL. Outside, he has unlikable Brady, people right? around him. His brother, super, oh, yeah. un- super, super unlikable. His wife, very, very unlikable. Yeah. So I don't, it's kind of the Steph Curry effect with Aisha. Yeah. It's like, you don't hate Steph Curry. You love Steph Curry. But the people around him are what make people go, Ugh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And I think everybody really wants the Chiefs to lose because, uh, you know, the, the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey stuff is just kind of getting, getting out of control. It's, it's been out of control all season long. Uh, but then on top of that, you know, everybody likes to see a new champion every once in a while. And I, I think that's really the case. That's really what's in it for me is I don't really want to see Mahomes win again. Like we saw him win last year and we've seen him win another time in the past. So he's he's won twice. 
so yeah. far. And and I'd like to see another team. And, and there's a good stat that said he, he's reached the, uh, the, the conference championship every in year. all six of his every year that he's been a starter. Been to the Super Bowl in three of six yeah. of those. Yeah. So I'm a huge advocate for a different champion every year. And I think Lamar deserves a ring. I think he definitely deserves I, a ring, especially after the season that he's had. I completely had. agree with that. So here's yeah. – I, I hate to cut you off, but here's what I, I personally think. I think that the uh, the Ravens, they have a chance of beating the Niners because they're pretty they're pretty even on both sides, really. Very good defense. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the jury is out, but, you know, Brock Purdy versus Lamar Jackson would be a great game. Um, I think if the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl, I just don't see them beating beating um, the Niners. And I'm not saying I know you're. Oh, yeah. You said the Lions are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think I don't think that is the general consensus, uh, the honorable general consensus. But yeah, I think that the Niners are just too good. I mean, they're great on defense and. Hell, you know, if if Brock Purdy is a system quarterback, then give him a round of effing applause. You know, like, you know, he's to the 49ers, especially and in, in to Shanahan, that they're making this average guy look like he's Tom Brady. Like, yeah, I'm going to dump you know? on Brock Purdy in a second. But uh, <laughs> I just want to say that the 49ers are I don't think they're overrated. I oh, think they're. I, th- I think oh, they're. My. No, no, no. No, I. I don't think they're overrated. I think they are absolutely rated as high as they should be. You know, they're a really yeah. deep team. They've got. They're very. I think they're loaded like the Rams were a few years ago. Yeah. You know, the Rams had so many weapons, and I think yeah. this team, the 49ers are also due for a ring too. In my I need more opinion. weapons. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, just to kind of you know yeah. touch base upon what you said about Detroit. I'm on the Detroit hype train. I mean, I feel like Detroit is going to go to the Super Bowl. They're going to upset the 49ers, but they're going to lose the Super Bowl. I don't think the the Ravens or the Chiefs. Ravens. I okay. I think we'll I think we'll see a Baltimore Detroit Super Bowl and Detroit will lose because like I said, I got the script, dude. It happens every <laughs> single year. You know it. You know it. It happens every year where you have an underdog team yeah. That scratches and claws its way all the way to the championship just yep. to lose. And I mean, we kind of yeah. like the Bengals were kind of a prime example of that. I mean, the Bengals weren't underrated, but they were definitely a team that had not made it that far in a long time. But they made it all the way to the big dance and they just fell short. Uh, and I think that's probably what we're going to see with Detroit. So we'll uh, see. Yeah. It's we all just see. narratives. That's I all. Know. I mean, they have a decent defense. I mean, they their offense is great. Amon Ra looked great. Jared Goff even looked great against the Buccaneers. But that's the Buccaneers. That's not the Niners. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Niners at Levi's, by the way. So, yeah. Well, I get to say one? something that I haven't said in a very, very long time, and I'm sure you can guess it. Vegas, baby, Vegas. Let's we take a look at the odds. All right, they have the over-under for the Chiefs versus the Ravens set at 44 and a half. It's going to be a shootout. They have Mm. Baltimore winning by four points. There you go. Good to see Vegas has our back. And before we give our predictions, let's go to Detroit. Detroit, baby. Vegas, (laughs) baby. Vegas. 
they have uh, the over/under set at fifty-one and a half. They're expecting Jesus. lots of scoring for these uh, for these conference titles. Uh, 49ers by a touchdown. So, wow, is what so Vegas has. Pretty close. Yeah. So we'll go ahead since we just said it. Um, the Lions and the 49ers, Just to remind you, over/under set at fifty-one and a half. I'm gonna go thirty. 31-20 Niners. I, I like the Lions. I think Dan Campbell has a lot of heart, and he's really got these guys playing, and he's built something very special in Detroit, which will continue to only get better year by year under his control. However, I just don't think they have the firepower to destroy the Niners, especially on defense. If Debo Samuel is back, of course, for the Niners, that could Spell trouble for for San, for um Detroit, so I'll take the Niners. Give me Detroit, thirty three thirty. Okay, that's close. Yeah, it's gonna saying? be close. It's gonna be very close. But Are I you think last minute field goal or mm, no, I I think they hold them. I think Detroit holds them. I think Detroit just barely edges them out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I disagree with you, but we will see on Sunday. Uh, as for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Ravens, uh, the over-under, to remind you, is set at 44 and a half. I will go – I'll go – I'm going to say definitely take the over. I think it's going to be 41 to 38. Baltimore. It's a good one. Yeah. Um. Thirty-seven hmm, twenty, Ravens. Oh, you're picking them by seventeen points, my yeah, lord. I, I think I think they're going to come out flying. This uh, Kansas City defense because they're Ravens. Ha! It's a good one. Yeah, I I think this Kansas City defense is not as good as it's been in previous years. Uh, and I think we're going to see why. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I completely, uh, can see that happening personally. Um, all right. Well, those are our predictions for the NFL. Great, great conference championships, really. I mean, those oh, yeah. are the best conference championship matchups that I can remember in some time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But that kind of leads into looking at the time. On my watch face, I see my girlfriend, but I can't <laughs> really see what time it is. I, well, whose take is it? It might be. It might be someone's take here. It might be someone. It might on the be. I'm not. I'm not sure though. Is it, is it mine? No, I don't think so. It's someone hmm. named Milo. That's right. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Better check that timing. It's time for Milo's take. I think it's time for my take, and I also think that Mr. Irrelevant is irrelevant in the MVP race. Uh, uh, let's see. Look, there's several players that are named finalists for the MVP. Josh Allen of Buffalo. Uh, Lamar Jackson, of course, from the Ravens. Lamar Christian, Jackson. Christian McCaffrey and uh, Dak Prescott. I say that through gritted teeth because he is also kind of, if anything, you know what? I should retract my statement with Brock Purdy. And uh, I should say that Dak Prescott shouldn't be up here. But nevertheless, I think 
both of them are kind of irrelevant, but we're going to focus on Brock Purdy. Um, look, all these players had outstanding seasons statistically. Yeah. Um, I think Brock Purdy steals an MVP finalist spot from Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek definitely should have been up there. I mean, he's he's in the AP, he's in the Offensive Player of the Year conversation. Oh, for sure, um, Offensive Player of the Year. MVP yeah. is generous, though. You know, that's not a receiver award. Yeah, I, I know it's not. But when was the last time anybody outside of a quarterback won the MVP? Right, it's been a fat minute, so it's oh, probably going to was a it, quarterback. Was it? Oh, freak, man, I can't even remember what was it. Peterson. Um. I think it was. It was when he was with was Washington, it... right? Washington. Was it not? Am no, I not when, he, right? when he was with the Vikings. Um, yeah. I don't know. See. Actually, it, yeah, it was Adrian Peterson. I was correct when he was with the Vikings. Yeah, he won it in 2012. Man, the read knowledge. Are you ready for that? And you know, some people will say if Lamar wins it this year, they'll go, I like a running back. Look, look, running back for the second time in a row. Yeah. Get yep. the hell out of here. I think he, yeah. he proved him wrong, dude. He proved him wrong. And before <laughs> that, it was um, Ladanian Tomlinson in 2006. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just fact checking myself here. I don't I said AP with the Redskins. and He, he was with, the, he was yeah, he with was. the Redskins for a little bit. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't just spewing BS no, that was no, totally no, yeah. inaccurate. No, yeah, he did play for the uh, the now Commanders. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, so look, getting back to my take, Brock Purdy, um, good year statistically. I mean, forty two hundred yards, thirty one touchdowns, um, first in QB rating to seventy three, uh, but. I just think he was carried by his his team. I mean, you could put him, you could put Zach Wilson on the 49ers, and I still think okay. they that they oh, put up at least ten oh, wins. I let's not be rash. Come on now. No, I don't know. I look. I'm a Zach Brock. Purdy, I'm a Brock Purdy hater. I think he's you a system that. QB, and I think okay, if he was but, if he wasn't surrounded by such a good team, he would not be nearly as good but think, you could i think okay, he's so a guy like drew lock you look at a guy like drew lock that's probably what brock purdy not, is no, of no he's not. if drew lock was on the niners and as a seahawks fan i will say this if Drew lock was on the niners he would not be as good brock purdy makes some tough throws everyone has this false narrative that all he does is throw outs and behind the line of scrimmage throws to debo and mccaffrey and sure he does have a fair amount of those, but who wouldn't with the playmakers and open space that the Niners have? When you need Brock Purdy to make the big throw, he will make the big throw. He won't always make it, as you saw in the first three quarters of the game versus the uh, Packers last weekend. He won't always make it, but when he absolutely needs to make the throw, just like he did in that final drive, he makes the throws. And that makes him a system quarterback that is also very capable of leading a team and that's all you want i i am done i'm done with the brock purdy slander because if he has the track record of victory behind him then what does it matter if he's a system quarterback it matters in a situation like this he's not an, he shouldn't be in the mvp i mean he's in the mvp conversation because of his stats but realistically his stats were kind of inflated 
by his team. Is it not him throwing the ball, though? I mean, it is, but it makes it a hell of a lot easier when your receivers can get wide open. You could you say the exact same thing about anybody in the league. Oh, Zach Wilson should have had, you know, worse numbers, but he had Garrett Wilson. You know, if you could, oh, you know, Geno Smith, he's been carried by DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Like, you could literally say that about anybody in history and anybody in the NFL today. Okay, but. Zach Wilson literally was not carried. Zach Wilson was a prime example of the quarterback being shit because, you know, you had some open guys and I don't know. You got guys like Garrett Wilson on your team and you're still, you know, your team is below 500 trash. But anyways, that's aside the point. I just, I'm, I don't know what makes Brock pretty good. Maybe I don't know ball, but I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this guy and I, I don't know what is what makes Brock Purdy special, right? And just that's, because I guess he that's is a, a system, just because he's a system QB, does not mean that he doesn't have to make the throws that the system provides for him. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. There won't well, be an argument. Well, look, is you know you had some open guys, and I don't know. You, you got guys like Garrett Wilson on your team, and you're still, you know, your team is below 500 trash but anyways that's aside the point i just i'm i don't know what makes brock pretty good maybe i don't know ball but i'm sitting here i'm looking at this guy and i i don't know what is what makes brock pretty special right and just that's, because I guess he that's is a, a system just because he's a system qb does not mean that he doesn't have to make the throws that the system provides for him that's all that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying okay okay there won't well, be an argument well look Personally, I think he stole an MVP finalist spot from some guys that kind of deserved it. All right. Well, um, it's your take, so you're yeah. entitled to that. I, him, I, I disagree. Him, him and Dak Prescott. I think they stole Oh, yeah, I agree with you and Dak Prescott. Yeah. Look, where's CJ Stroud in the conversation? I know he's a rookie, but come on, dude. CJ Stroud, Stroud made more of an impact. You answered it yourself. Team. Yeah. He's a rookie. Yeah. He'll win rookie of the year, offensive oh, yeah. rookie of the year. Never. Yeah. But that is my take. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we can agree to disagree, but we can. We're back to go. the status quo of me disagreeing with you most of the time. <laughs> hey guys, Reed here. Just ahead of this section, we at another Mean Green podcast would like to say we do not condone the acts highlighted in this week's Cornball of the Week. We discussed and scrutinized some important topics that we deemed that we needed to talk about. Because of this, we would like to issue this warning ahead of time. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. To repeat, 1-800-656-4673 to speak with someone. If you or someone you know is struggling with gambling addiction, call 1-800-662-4357. To repeat, 1-800-662-4357. To speak to someone and get help. All right, let's get back to the show. All right. Well, you should be my cornball of the week, but you're not. My cornball of the week this week, Milo, is... The entirety of Texas State and Jaden Delara. We've got a little two-packer. Mm-hmm. TJ Finley, 
was fantastic for Texas State last year, led them to their first bowl victory ever in program history. The Bobcats were ecstatic with how G.J. Kinney had their team playing and the way T.J. Finley was leading their offense. So what do they do? They bring in a man who has a sexual assault charge that, if you read the fine print, he admitted to. Mm. He admitted to this crime in Hawaii. You yeah. Know? Uh-huh. Uh- and he did that to avoid a bigger sentence because he should be in prison and isn't. And I'm not afraid to say that on this platform. Yeah. But they bring Jaden Delara in. Washington State and Arizona State transfer. Or into Arizona transfer, rather. Yeah. And what do you know? People don't like it. The student base protests it, or they were going to plan to protest it. The the uh, school paper writes a whole op-ed about it, about Jaden Delora shouldn't be playing football anywhere, especially not our school. Yeah, that was really good stuff by uh, really good the stuff. school paper. I don't know what, what their name is again. Isn't it like the text something? I don't it is the star, I believe. The star, yeah. Really good stuff by that. Let me look it up real quick, just to be careful, because I, I do want to shout them out. Um, yeah, the University Star is what Texas State's newspaper is called. Really good sports section and very, very good story. I read it. It was beautifully written. It Well, not beautifully due to the situation of it, but it was a great written story. It was a prime example on how you should write serious sports journalism and that watchdog journalism that they always tell us about in school. But I would like to say this right now. TJ Finley. You should feel exonerated right now because guess what? Texas State, they brought in Delora. Kenny said, oh, well, um, you know, even though we had a really great quarterback, I guess I guess it's time to replace him immediately after he had a season in which they beat Baylor. They beat a Big 12 team last year. That's not yeah. like – and they didn't just beat them like at their home. They beat them at McLean Stadium. Yep. In fact, they didn't just beat them. They beat their ass thoroughly. Yep. TJ Finley had like 200 passing yards. And what do they do to him? They say, hey, TJ, thanks for your time. Get the hell out of here. TJ Finley is now at WKU. He he moved up to be a hill topper. And Jaden Delora was released from the program <laughs> and unenrolled from Texas State, which is showing what journalism can do if you speak up on the wrong things you see. Jaden Delara shouldn't be playing football for anybody for anywhere except the Hawaii penitentiary football team. <laughs> and I hope he is brought back to Hawaii and he deserves more than community service because if you feel like it's okay with your power is a grown man and a man that plays quarterback. If you feel like it's okay to use that power and abuse women with it, then you don't deserve to see the light of day you deserve to be in prison, young man. So I hope to Jaden Delora, you are a cornball. First of all, GJ Kinney, you are a huge cornball. I had respect for you. You are a huge cornball for even bringing this man onto your campus, knowing that he could be a danger to not one, your team, and not, number two, women on campus. So you dumb cornballs, Jaden Delora, I hope you never touch a football again, and I hope you are aware that your actions have consequences. And guess what the consequence is now, you cornball? You're not going to play college football ever again. They're mm. probably never going to give you a chance in the arena Very football nice. league, and Very you don't deserve it, put. making you uh, my cornball of the week. 
Because what he did was not nice. Okay, let's just clarify. No, no. Yeah. So now, um, Texas State is without a QB. Yep. Very cornbally move. Very cornbally move by their um, coaching staff and recruiting as well. You know, you let go of your star player for some guy who, if you did your research, uh, you might have found out that this guy is a. Piece of trash. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, that's tough. That's tough. But it happens, I guess. Doesn't happen often, but it happens. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Let's move on because we've got a high roller, a very high roller in my cornball of the week. Kashan Boot. However you say his name, out <laughs> boot boote is how it you say it. It doesn't matter because he sure as hell loves gambling. Former LSU wide receiver, LSU, uh, yeah, at, at the time he bet while playing for LSU in April 2022 through May 2023. Yep. He bet on games. Um, <laughs> 8,900 wagers, more than 8,900. I think it was close to 9,000 times that he bet on games. Um, With at least 17 bets on NCAA football games, including at least six involving LSU. So while he was catching balls for the Tigers, he was also betting on them. Now, whether he was (laughs) betting on them or against them, I don't know, but that's wild. That is wild to bet, place more than 8,900 wagers. And anyways, he was just, you know, they found out about it. He was arrested Thursday, uh, that Thursday being yesterday, the 25th of January. Uh, He was arrested in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So he is my cornball of the week for placing that many wagers while he was at LSU. Um, <laughs> in case you don't know, the NCAA obviously prohibits wagers or prohibits yeah. prevents players from wagering on any sport. Okay, let let's make it yeah. more. Uh, let's let's make it more. Um, how how do I put this? In general, every sporting body in the world prohibits their players from betting on that league's games. Yeah, I know. I know that you can't turn on a single sports game nowadays without seeing an ad from FanDuel, DraftKings, I don't know, all sorts of sports betting. Just because they're airing on TV during your game doesn't mean you should place the bets. You no. being the athlete. So, so, so what the Kelsey brothers do, what the Kelsey brothers do is they're sponsored by DraftKings on their podcast, right? Yeah. They have their producer do the do the ad reads for that. Oh, that's smart. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah, because God forbid, I mean, if they're in their case, imagine if it comes out that, yeah, Travis is betting games on, you know, <laughs> betting games that it, Taylor Swift attends them, right? <laughs> All of a sudden, oh. <laughs> Taylor Swift is actually his bookie. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that? That would be crazy. He's using Taylor. He's using Taylor's money. <laughs> hey, babe, can I have like three hundred? Can I have some of your Eras tour merch? <laughs> <laughs> 
Can I have some of the money you made from the Eras Tour? You find out he's like peddling signed Eras Tours merch on eBay. He's like, he has like a whole side business selling like Eras yeah. Tour merch for 300k a piece. Yeah, that. But so like, imagine if like that happens, and then you know now he's got incriminating evidence on him that. You know, he's saying, hey, I bet or not I bet on DraftKings, but it's like, hey, use DraftKings. <laughs> now, Why did you, you say know. that like the Lego commercials? <laughs> Travis Kelty is betting in Lego City. Hey! hey. <laughs> Build a sanctioning body and suspend his ass. Oh, my God. Yeah, so um, sports betting is not cool if you are – a, a sports player. player now if you're a fan looking to hit on a nine leg parlay and that's you need you need some rent money by all means <laughs> by all means go for it you but, know yeah 100 of bettors always quit <laughs> one bet before they hit is yep. what i've heard yep remember that anybody that's listening <laughs> to another mean green podcast just remember that 99.9 percent of bettors quit Right before their last big win. All right. But Milo, what is happening to you this weekend? What are you doing? I don't know. Uh, it's to be decided. I know we fit Friday, uh, but you know, maybe we might do some hiking in the area. We'll see. Hey. And uh, yeah, hopefully, because we'll, we got some good weather today and, and this weekend. So maybe we'll try and spend it outdoors a little bit. There you go. That's fun. Um, I'll be watching NFL football and I'll be watching Casey play against. Uh, Curry, which is not Steph Curry. She's not going to play against him. That's uh, a college in Massachusetts. Uh, she plays them twice. She's actually playing them right now on my second screen. So uh, I'm going I'm to watch that and probably do some writing, releasing a story this weekend. But I don't know. You got anything else to say? Any final thoughts of the episode? No. I think uh, have fun this weekend, right? At UNT, got, they got a big one. You got a big one, so if you're a Mean Green fan, you know, you and everybody else that's going to go watch that game, um, you know, buckle up, because I'm sure it'll be a good one. Oh, yeah, my job. I am going to be reporting <laughs> UNT on <laughs> yeah. Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah, my job, yeah. Yeah, FAU-UNT, I am going to be reporting that. But, yeah, I, I think that should be a wrap. Good show, Milo, good show. Yeah. All right. Well. If you enjoyed listening, then you'll love being a Mean Green 24-7 VIP with basketball season in full swing and softball right around the corner. And I mean right around the corner. The season starts in two weeks. Exactly. Uh, You'll not want to miss content like By the Numbers, a look at UNT's wins and losses by the facts and the figures. Become a VIP today and you'll put a smile on my face and... You get to read all the greatest UNT content in the world. What else could you want from life? I would appreciate it if y'all at least considered becoming Mean Green 24-7 VIPs. As for Milo and I, that is it for us. And that is a wrap on episode 17. Huge game for UNT this weekend as they face their number 22 ranked FAU Owls, a team they went 0-2 against last week. Goodbye, folks.